With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. You're with Misty Winston on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, hey there, and welcome to the Misty Winston Show right here on today's News Talk. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to hang out with me. Uh, appreciate you. So, okay, great show, great hour lined up for you. My pal Chicho is going to be joining us. He's fantastic. Um, I'm very happy that he's here with us today. But first, there is a couple different breaking news things uh, in terms of Julian Assange. So, um, first of all, that we, as we've been talking about, that we've been waiting for this decision from the high court on whether or not the appeal um, uh, was going to be heard. We have that decision finally. Um, so they are going to uh, uh, permit Julian Assange to appeal over two days. There will be two um, court days in February, February 21st, I'm sorry, 20th and 21st uh, in 2024 in London. Um, and this will likely be his last appeal against being extradited to the United States to face charges of violating the Espionage Act. So Stella Assange has tweeted about this. She's confirmed it, said that the hearing will take place at the Royal Courts of Justice. Um, activists have already gone into motion. There will be um, uh rallies taking place outside of the court uh, both days starting at 8.30 a.m. London time. So if you are in the London area, if you're anywhere near the London area, if you can make it to London uh, in February for these two days, uh, please try to get out there. Again, this is likely going to be the last chance for appeal. Now, we have been discussing on this show that in my opinion, uh, and in many other people's opinions, they do not want to actually bring Julian Assange to the United States during an election year. That would be bad. I don't think anybody wants that. Um, so in my opinion, I think what's likely to happen here is that they're going to find a way to continue to kick this can down the road. Um, there will be, uh, you know, another appeal or there will be the European Court of Human Rights or something else will come in um, where, uh, in my opinion, I don't think he will be extradited anytime soon, just based on the fact that we are moving into an election year. I think that that is a very uh, precarious position. Doesn't matter which candidate you are. That's a really precarious position to be in, uh, whether you're Trump, who is the one who had Julian Assange arrested, spied on him in the Ecuadorian embassy, plotted to murder him and then failed to pardon him. Or if you're Biden, who is, uh, you know, supposed to be the quote unquote liberal, the Democratic Party candidate, um, who is, uh, <laughs> you know, continuing the persecution of a journalist for telling the truth. So, uh, it, it's a bad look for either one. Uh, and I'm only speaking here about the two major party candidates because, you know, our election systems are completely rigged and those are really the only two <laughs> options that you're presented with. Um, there are, are several third party candidates uh, who are uh, at least um, publicly good on Assange, who at least say that they support Julian Assange, which is, uh, you know, good in its own right. Um uh, uh, RFK Jr. Um, has said he would pardon Assange, Marianne Williamson, Cornell West, Vivek Ramaswamy. Um, I think that's it. I might be forgetting somebody. Uh, it doesn't matter. They're irrelevant, right? Oh, Jill Stein, also great on Assange. All of them are, uh, well, I think I think Ramaswamy is actually a Republican candidate, um, but they're all irrelevant. None of them have a chance. It's kind of a, a, a moot point at that, uh, at that point. So um, this will be uh, an interesting process to watch it play out. It is supposed to be a public hearing. Um, so I don't know to what extent public will be 
um, uh, how public it will be. I don't know how many people will be allowed in the court. I don't know if they will actually allow it to be public. They uh, prefer to do most of this stuff uh, behind closed doors. The last time there were court dates, um, it was COVID time. So it was very difficult to get anybody into uh, courts. I mean, Assange himself wasn't even allowed to participate in his own hearings. He had to uh, video, uh, video Skype in. Um, so uh, definitely, if you are able to make it to London for the dates in February, do so. Also, there is... Um, some more information about uh, the CIA lawsuit. So uh, Trevor Fitzgibbon, who's been heavily involved in the Assange stuff kind of behind the scenes, um, there is a lawsuit that is uh, four American uh, defendants are suing the CIA and Mike Pompeo for uh, the uh, UC Global case, which was where Julian Assange and all of his visitors were spied on uh, by Spanish security firm UC Global, which then took all of that information and sent it back to the United States to the CIA. Uh, that includes conversations with his legal team, conversations with his doctors, journalists that came to visit him, uh, a whole host, anybody, anybody that came into the Ecuadorian embassy during that time was spied on, uh, as well as Julian Assange. So um, uh, the lawsuit is allowed and now allowed to move forward. The United States has been attempting to get it thrown out that is not going through um and so this is going to this lawsuit is also going to take uh take a step forward so super interesting things going on in the assange case i don't know to what extent it will really make any difference again i will say that the only way the only way that we stop julian assange from being extradited and we potentially <laughs> prevent uh, free speech and press freedom from being completely obliterated is through mass public pressure. That's the only thing that will stop it. Uh, we have to make it politically untenable for them to continue the persecu uh, persecution of a journalist. So in whatever way you can make noise, make noise. If you um, uh, are so inclined, reach out to your favorite content creators, independent journalists, hell, even your mainstream propagandists, contact them too. Everybody should be talking about this, especially if you are a so-called journalist um, and ask them to cover this situation. Um, those people who are covering it, make sure you share that, boost them, thank them for doing it um, in whatever way that you personally can make noise about it, whether it's just having conversations with friends and family, tweeting about it, um, hanging up flyers, whatever. Uh, we need all the help that we can get. So uh, just wanted to update you on that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, obviously, we'll keep talking about this as it moves forward. OK, don't forget, you can follow me over on the tweeters at Sarcasm Stardust. Check out the Substack, mistywinston.substack.com. There's a write up for the guests of the day every day so you can find follow and support their work as well and if you would like you can shoot me an email misty winston at tntradio.live if you have a guest idea show idea you want to rant have a question whatever it is let me know uh, i will try to get back to you and if you would like a complete list of shows and the schedule that's offered at TNT Radio, lots of amazing presenters, um, please do check out uh, everybody that is available here on TNT Radio. Uh, but you can visit the website at tntradio.live. We serve up the latest live news and current affairs presented by a host of credible and expert commentators who can separate fact from fiction, truth from propaganda, right here on TNT Radio. Going 360 on the headlines. It's really well-balanced conversation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, this is also super interesting. A U.S. district judge in New York has ordered a vast unsealing of court documents related to none other than Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, that will make public scores of names linked to the late sex offender. We'll see if that actually happens. I have my doubts. Uh, but here at this story, joining me now is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. All right, are we actually going to get the client list, Adam? Is that what's happening? 
Misty, the conspiracy theory to end all conspiracy theories this close to the end of the year. It's like a Christmas gift, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it is. <laughs> certainly in the years since Epstein hashtag didn't kill himself at the Metropolitan Correctional Center back in 2019, a number of victims and one of his pilots have come forth uh, claiming that a slew of prominent individuals who wish their names would not be uttered, but I'm going to mention a few of them here, uh, including Bill Gates, Prince Andrew, and uh, yeah, Donald Trump uh, apparently flew with the accused sex offender on board what has been dubbed, I believe the term is the Lolita Express, correct? Um, there's lots of uh, groups and conspiracy circles that have been asking for what you just referred to, but sometimes refer to it as like a little black book, as if there's some mythical object out there, a, a, a container of all the names in one place of all of the people who have been blackmailed. Whereas that's most likely not the case. I think Jason Burmis is one who's pointed that out, that the idea of an actual book of names is fiction. But there are names associated with him, and we are going to get to see and hear publicly, perhaps for the first time, a host of them. How many? I wish I knew, because some reports say just over 150, other reports say over 170, because the New York Post said more than 170 um abc said 150 so i don't know pick your poison either way it's a group of people uh who probably aren't going to be having a very happy new year uh when their names are revealed to the public um the documents are part of a settled civil lawsuit alleging epstein's one-time paramour gislaine maxwell facilitated the sexual abuse of one Virginia Guffrey. Terms of the 2017 settlement were not disclosed. Maxwell is currently serving a 20-year prison sentence complaining about her diet, uh, sorry, after she was convicted of sex trafficking and procuring girls for Epstein, who died by suicide, right, uh, in 2019. At least that's the official story, kids, if you look it up on Wikipedia. Uh, this happened in the Manhattan jail, a Manhattan jail while awaiting trial on federal sex trafficking charges. Uh, anyone who did not successfully fight to keep their name out of the civil case could see their name become public, including Epstein's victims, co-conspirators and innocent bystanders, as it were, just associates of his. Uh, this is uh, Manhattan Judge Loretta Preska. Uh, she set the release uh, of this information for January 1st. Happy New Year. Uh, giving anyone who objects to their documents becoming public time to object. Her ruling, though, said that since some of the individuals have given media interviews, their names should stay, should not stay private. Sorry. I heard there were like 10 people whose names will not be revealed. Uh, the documents may not make clear why a certain individual became associated with Guffrey's lawsuit, but more than 150 people are expected to be identified in hundreds of files that may expose more about Epstein's sex trafficking of women and girls in New York, New Mexico, the U.S. Virgin Islands, and elsewhere, all over the world. Some of the names may simply have been included in depositions, email, or legal documents, according to the reports, Misty. So, I don't know. Do you think there's any there there with this one? Uh, what are your thoughts about this? Probably not. I don't think we're going to get anything near what we would like to see. Um, listen, a lot of very powerful people uh, are associated with uh, Jeffrey Epstein. A lot of very, like, very powerful people who are still 
in positions of power, heavy influence, all of that stuff. They're incredibly wealthy. I don't think, um, I think honestly, this is starting to feel a little bit like the JFK files. Like we're never, ever, ever going to actually see these things. Maybe in like 75 years, somebody will leak this documentation. Um, I don't, it's very difficult for me to think that we are actually going to get any legitimate names of um, anybody who is, uh, um, you know, associated with Jeffrey Epstein and has any level of power or authority. Now, as you mentioned, there is, a, I think, a 14-day period where anybody who, uh, I guess, thinks that their name is on this or knows that their name is on this, that they can contest this stuff being released. Obviously, some of these are victims. I'm not necessarily sure I agree with that. I don't know that victims should be named um, outside of their consent. Uh, that feels a little icky to me. Um, but obviously, they have the 14 days they can uh, contest the uh, release of their names. But yeah, I mean, listen, Listen, there's there, a lot of people are already known. Um, I mean, obviously, we know Noam Chomsky. We know uh, people like Bill Clinton, uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., um, who has been asked about that recently and is desperately trying to deflect. Um, so I, it's just it's difficult for me to think that they are going to allow any of these uh, names to come out legitimately and that there's going to be any repercussions or any kind of investigation. Uh, it's fascinating to me that we know um, that this guy was running a global child sex traffic ring. Uh, and they're still, I mean, this guy's been dead since what? I think he died in 2019. Um, uh, he killed himself in 2019. Um, the idea that he has been dead for four years and we have known even before that, uh, we, I mean, we've known for a couple decades that this dude was running a global child sex trafficking ring and we still don't have this information is fascinating to me. The idea that we know for sure that kids were being victimized at this scale by these kinds of people, again, people in a huge, I mean, we're talking about Prince Andrew, uh, we're talking about Bill Clinton, Bill Gates, these are hugely powerful and influential people uh, who are implicated in a global child sex trafficking ring, and nobody's done an investigation, nobody, it's just, I mean, that just shows uh, the power of power, I think, really, so yeah, I'm not sure we're ever going to get uh, any legitimate information on this, but I would love to be wrong, because these people deserve Prison's not good enough, right? <laughs> Prison's not good enough for these people. But we'll see. What, what do you think, Adam? You know, I agree 100% with everything you just said. Uh, one of the other powerful names that was mentioned in one of the reports I looked at today would be former Barclays CEO James Edward Staley. Uh, and then the Epoch Times uh, reminded me, oh, yeah, guess who else was uh, – uh, hanging out with uh, Epstein, apparently. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., 2024 presidential candidate. Uh, he disclosed recently that he flew several times on Mr. Epstein's private plane. Uh, he also said he's taken part in a fossil hunting expedition in South Dakota with Mr. Epstein. I hope that's not code for something, Misty. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah. Then I there was laugh. a. I know. It's funny, though. There was a, a there was a, a new uh, Daily Mail showed a picture of Mr. Kennedy from 1994 sitting at the same table as Mr. Epstein during a fundraiser for the New York Academy of Arts. So clearly they were, quote unquote, friends. And there's always this talk in the, you know, especially in the conservative media and alternative media. Friends of Jeffy is what the reference are to this list of names that we're going to see. I mean, excluding the victims, but the other people would be what we would call friends of Jeffy. Right. Um, yeah. And then there was uh, Bill Gates. Uh, there was that one. Um, he was hang Bill Gates was hanging out with uh, one of Mr. Epstein's alleged victims. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's really yes. bad. Where's the what's up with Elon Musk? 
what's going on, Elon? Am I going to see your name pop up in here? <laughs> uh, there is a picture of him with Ghislaine Maxwell. Uh, he tries to, uh, you know, d dumb that down. He tries to pretend like, it. oh, I was just at an event. She just happened to be there. Uh, I don't know about that. But yeah, the Robert Kennedy Jr. thing. And also, we need to mention, everybody go read Whitney Webb. Jeffrey Epstein is Mossad. And Robert Kennedy Jr. running around being Israel's very best cheerleader is not an accident. Um, in my opinion, come for me or don't. I think that they obviously, this is a he's a self-admitted self-addict who cheated on his uh, former wife with dozens of women, kept a diary of it. Um, she ended up killing herself. I think that they almost certainly have something on this guy. There's no, I mean, come on. That's just my opinion. Come for me or don't. Or, or don't, I don't care. Uh, the guy is obviously connected to Mossad. Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's dad also heavily connected. Um, this is the, this is a um, a rabbit hole uh, of rabbit holes. So yeah, go read Whitney Webb and others. Lots of people have done amazing research on this kind of stuff, but I would be very surprised if we actually get anything of substance out of this. But thanks for bringing us this story, Adam, as always. We will talk to you again tomorrow. Hang tight. We're going to be back with my pal Chicho right after this on TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Joe Hoff. Just a terrible Terrible situation there and Biden was behind it pushing these arms pushing billions of dollars over there we don't know where that money went I'll bet you money I'll bet you a huge percent uh, went I bet you more than 50% didn't go to the uh, to the people or to the war uh, it went to people's pockets kind of like what we have in in uh, Palestine uh, with the US since since well under Biden uh, Trump shut this down thank God but under Biden Obama they started sending billions over to uh, that part of the world these people are at, have been after Israel forever and, and uh, supported by Iran and billions of dollars going their way and uh, to help them not, uh, you know, basically uh, create chaos in the Middle East, terrorism, and, and we saw what happened earlier this year, about a month ago, uh, the two-in-one attack in Israel and the death and destruction, rape and kidnapping, more than 240 people kidnapped. Joe Hoft on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. to dance and dream of a better life, a brighter future, with nutritious food to eat, a chance to learn, to get an education, and do incredible things. Today, thanks to Children International and friends like you, she dances for the world. Together, we give children in poverty a chance to set their sights high and achieve their dreams by ensuring that they have access to health care, education, life skills, and more so they can grow, thrive, and believe in themselves. Gracias. Gracias. Learn more about Children International and join us in our life-changing work at children.org today. Today's News Talk Radio. Come on, let the man talk. We never censor our hosts. Good. Now, talk. Uncensored News. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. All right, our guest today is the incredible Chicho. Uh, I stumbled upon Chicho on YouTube years ago, maybe like 2014, 2015, um, uh, or as he calls it, CensorTube, accurately. Um, uh, but I, as I've told you guys before, I am a big fan of ASMR. It helps me relax. If you don't know what that is, um, 
Um, uh, I'm not, we're not going to get into it. If, if you know, you know, it's very, uh, very chill, very relaxing. And he's one of my favorite. Uh, and he's now more active over on Twitch. Thanks to, uh, sensor tube, uh, and also rumble, but you can still find him on YouTube. Um, sometimes not all of the stream will be there. Uh, he has to kind of cut it off because of, uh, the censorship stuff. So, uh, but he covers seriously so much stuff, the most diverse subject matter, uh, everything from comic books to math, to cooking, gardening, geopolitics, you name it, uh, Chicho's covering it. So you can also find him over on Twitter at Chicho. It's C-H-Y-C-H-O. Or you can check out his website at Chicho.com. Chicho, my friend, thanks so much for being here. No, thank you for the invite, Misty. Thank you for the invite. Yeah. It's, uh, I love talking to you. Um, and it's been a little while. Um, and I have I have probably watched, I mean, probably thousands of hours of your content at this point <laughs> like it's uh, uh good, good dreams on those so yeah yeah for sure yeah, i mean yeah, and yeah. i love even the stuff that like um uh, uh isn't geopolitical related um obviously that's what i do for work but uh even like mm -hmm. the comic book stuff and the cooking stuff so awesome so chill you have a great personality so uh, i highly recommend everybody go check it out so let's start Thank with you. julian assange because um that's what i do and you are also a longtime supporter of assange and wikileaks um 100%. and as i reported at the top of the show we have dates now for the next court appearances um yeah. i think it's likely as i said they're going to do everything they can not to bring him to the united states other than freeing him him. They'll do everything other than freeing him. Yeah. Uh, but what do you think about the current state of his case? Well, current state, they've they basically wanted him to die for a long time now. Like he's just holding on. Like he's Assange is the one thing people have to appreciate is anybody else would have folded by now. They would have yeah. checked in, checked out, they're done. And Assange is um uh, there's a there, there's something that I refer to is um a, one of the documentaries that I watched about Muhammad Ali, there was a, there was, I can't remember which one it was, but they had an interview with an older black man. He was, he'd been around, right? And they asked him what Muhammad Ali meant to him. And he turned around and said, he was a prophet. He was a truth teller. And that was a definition that he had for a prophet. And that's exactly what Julian Assange has been. He has been a truth teller. And centralized states like to crucify truth tellers. So, and that's what that's what Julian Assange is. That's what he represents to me personally, and that's what he represented to me right from the get go when uh, WikiLeaks started coming out with, jeez, uh, they started coming out with so much stuff. But um, I mean, you mentioned ASMR, and one of the things I've done with uh, the WikiLeaks files, what I try to do is incorporate as much politics and geopolitics and economics into my content as possible, may it be comic books, may it be cooking, may it be whatever it is, gardening, sustainability, decentralization and whatnot. But one of the things I did with, uh, I think it was around uh, 2012, 2013 or something like this, where I did basically three readings of uh, WikiLeaks files, uh, the Guantanamo Bay files, uh, the a doma chemical attack and i think the reason that they really went after him hardcore which is vault seven yeah. uh, it wasn't really the hillary clinton files uh the emails that i think they really went after him i think that's what the democrats wanted to go after him for but it was really vault seven that really um brought hell on earth on assange and i think vault seven is incredibly important it's probably I mean, there's so much stuff that they released, which is uh, mind-boggling. If anybody sits down and just takes a look at it, 
it just annihilates anything coming out of centralized power, anything comes out coming out of government, corporate media. Uh, but Vault 7, I think, was the one that really um, uh, sealed the fate where uh, CIA really just went yeah. after him incredibly hard, incredibly hard. Yeah, um, no question about Julian it. Sanchez. Yeah, Mike Pompeo did not like that, Chicho. <laughs> Mike no, Pompeo, who no. was uh, the current uh, at the time that Vault Seven was released, which was March of 2017. Uh, Mike Pompeo was the CIA director at that point, and um, mm -hmm. he took that personally, uh, yeah, and he set yeah. off on a personal vendetta to end Julian Assange under the Trump administration. I need my Trump supporter friends to understand this happened under Donald J. Trump. Please 100%. remember that. One hundred percent. They Obama don't like to hear to that. Go, no, yeah. no. They wanted to. They wanted to go after him before Trump. But yes, Trump was foolish, foolish enough to surround himself with uh, neocon, hardcore neocon, neocons that even the Obama administration, even no matter how horrendous Obama was, and he was extremely horrendous. Seven wars, yes. killed more people, dropped more bombs than Bush, and whatnot. Even they didn't have the gall to surround themselves with the neocons that Trump did. You could argue that it was, you know, new, it was naive and all that jazz. But when he came out, uh, <laughs> when he was running uh, against uh, Hillary, uh, he kept on saying, I love WikiLeaks, I love WikiLeaks, I love mm -hmm. WikiLeaks. And then when he got in, he goes, well, I don't know, Who, who's WikiLeaks? Who's, who's mm -hmm. Assange? Right? He just passed it on to the neocons to do whatever they wanted to, which was extremely foolish on his part, extremely foolish on his part. I think majority of Americans, majority of the world really understands uh, the Assange case, even though they uh, they remain silent. I think the veil is being lifted uh, more yes. and more every single day. It's not on a weekly basis, monthly basis, yearly basis anymore. It's on a daily basis that people are seeing this, that... Um, Anybody that bought into the BS Russiagate, uh, Assange being uh, Russian stooge, getting the emails from Ru all this crap that they bought into, I think all most people that even followed it remotely have buried their heads in the sand and you know trying to ask for forgiveness from anyone that was uh, you know telling them that they were being foolish at the time, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think so much of that stuff is. Um... I think you're right. I think a lot of people, even those that went along with it or that bought into it at the time, I think that so much has been revealed since then that it's become undeniable at this point that um, this is obviously a it's not a prosecution of a hacker or a traitor or whatever uh, they've tried to smear him with. It is the persecution of a journalist who did nothing more than publish the truth. And I think a lot every, and you're right every single day. I'm obviously I'm very um uh, directly uh, kind of uh, invested in yeah, this. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, and I can speak to that every single day uh, we are seeing movement. We are seeing momentum build, especially here in the United States. It's been very slow for support to grow here in the States um, for obvious reasons. But I think that we're, yeah. I mean, we now have members of Congress. We have, we have Marjorie Taylor yeah, Greene yeah. and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez signed on to the same letter in support yeah. of Julian Assange. If you would have told me that that was going to happen a couple years ago, I'd have laughed at you. And here we are. So uh, we have to take a quick break and get some headlines, but hang tight. We're going to be back right here on TNT Radio. Have you heard the news? The news, the news. Now, TNT Radio News. This is the news. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill.
A 6.2 magnitude earthquake struck northwestern China just before midnight on Monday, resulting in significant casualties and damage. MPs have raised concerns over potential amendments to the international health regulations, fearing they may undermine parliamentary sovereignty by increasing the World Health Organization's authority. In Bangladesh, a train was set on fire by protesters during a nationwide strike organized by the opposition. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab, or Getter? Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Yes, please do like, subscribe, comment, all that stuff. It helps in like a ton algorithmically, especially on places like YouTube. Um, uh, just liking and commenting is super helpful. So even if you're just commenting, hey, what's up? That's very helpful. Um, okay, so we're here with my pal Chicho. Uh, we were just talking a little bit about Julian Assange, but I also want to shift gears a little bit. Not really, because it's kind of connected. Actually, it is connected. Um, but you have uh, recently started, I guess you've probably been doing it for about a year or so, but um, uh, a great series. I'm so addicted to this series, Chicho. It's the Mapping World Conflict <laughs> series that you're doing on your, yeah. oh my God, it's fantastic. Because here's my favorite thing about you, Chicho. Um, you are able to not only examine each individual conflict uh, on its own uh, uh, in its own context, but also you're able to take a step back and look at the big picture and the way all of these things are connected and intertwined. And that's rare. So many people are incapable of seeing uh, connecting those dots and seeing how all of these things really do relate to each other. So talk a little bit about that, because I'm not even joking you. I have probably watched. I think there's about 10 of them um, and I have watched <laughs> yes, yeah. each of them multiple times. I love them. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great series. It's um, it's just something that, like for me, I like the mathematics aspect of it. Just doing, you know, the saying that goes, you know, do the calculus, which basically means introduce time into your calculations, right? So I like looking at the big picture, as you said, at the macro. The micro is, uh, I guess it comes with age, right? As I've gotten older, I'm, I'm not chasing the carrot as much anymore. I want to see who's dangling the carrot. Right, what the big picture yeah. is, what the what the game at play is, because you sort of have to protect yourself as uh, to what's happening in the world, right? So uh, for me, uh, it's something that really began in the mid two thousands. I guess it was after after nine eleven. Nine eleven was a huge moment, right? So after nine eleven, after um, the United States and the coalition of the willing and NATO and stuff, they decided, well, coalition of the willing was Iraq, but after NATO decided to invade Afghanistan, the coalition of the willing decided to go into Iraq. I was getting into a lot of arguments with people regarding the stupidity of what was going on and the ridiculousness of the Patriot Act, pointing out that this is, you know, fast track into fascism and stuff like this. But I was being written off a lot, right? Oh, Chicho, 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 Chicho. So what I started doing is uh, writing articles, long and depth articles, and it was a learning process for me, you know, linking everything up with hyperlinks and stuff like this. So when I would start getting into arguments, with clubs and pubs and restaurants and friends and family, and they would say, oh, what are you talking about? This is this, this is this. I would, after writing an article, I would say, this is my site. This is the article. Go look it up. Check out the links, right? And that really gave me... Um, the big picture because it was a lot of things that I learned in the process of doing that and that stuck with me and uh, it's just basically from that that uh, I've been able to sort of just step back and not worry about all the little guys but 
try to figure out why this is happening over here and how it's connected to over here. And that's one of the main reasons. Um, uh, and it's very much related to economics because all yeah. of, you know, as the saying goes, uh, the, you know, the, the Smedley Butler wars, Iraq and whatnot, but all wars are first bankers wars and resource wars. So all of this is really about resources may be, uh, you know, rare earth elements or land or water or agriculture or whatever it might be. So once you see that, uh, then you realize uh, any any BS that's coming out of propaganda, you know, corporate propaganda saying they're going somewhere to save the women, liberate women or save the children or whatever it might be, you realize that it's just pure BS. Uh, it's, and that's sort of what I've decided to do with uh, the mapping of global conflicts is sort of, because that's a map that I've had for a long time. I actually bought that map after, um, after the invasion of Afghanistan and in the buildup to the invasion of Iraq, I believe that's the period that I bought it in. And one of the things I did, I wanted to have a visual of what was going on. I was like, okay, what's really going on here? So this is back 22 years ago or so. So what I ended up doing is putting that map on my wall and I started looking up US military bases. And I had little toothpicks with little American flags that I printed off and tape and little sticky stuff. And I went to my, I had this wall on my map. And at the time I had students, I teach mathematics. So I had students coming into my space. I created an amazing space for learning and stuff like this. And that's the space I had. It had, it had a big enough wall where I could put this map. And I started putting American military bases all over this map. And I took a step back. It took me about a week to look up all the different places where these islands were, just random places where there's a U.S. military base in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. The military, U.S. military. And I, I, would, I took a step back and I just went, wow. And then yeah. I would have students come in and go, oh, you know, teacher, what's this? And I would say, well, it's location of U.S. military bases. And I could, I would look at their faces and they would, <laughs> their faces was exactly the face that I had once I finished it. And it wasn't even, I didn't even get all of them. I got like 80% and I was, it just blew my mind. Right. Yeah. And that's, sort and that's of just what, the ones we know about Chicho. That's, that's just the, the ones we know about. Right. Yeah. yeah. No <laughs> black sites. We're not talking about the rendition sites. We're not, you know, we know about Guantanamo Bay, but what about the rest? Where yeah. are they? Do we really yeah. want to know? It could be in our neighborhood. Who knows? Right. Really? That's true. It could be in our neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. That's very it's true. I mean, and we know that they exist. Listen, um, you know, there's a lot of people who will uh, call you a conspiracy theorist if you bring up these black <laughs> sites, but we know they exist. I mean, if you just look at what WikiLeaks has revealed, the, obviously they exist, but also uh, as WikiLeaks revealed, Khalid al-Masri, who is uh, somebody who was... Um, a uh, mistaken identity kidnapped by the CIA, thrown into a black site for months, and then suddenly just dropped off in another country. Like, whoopsie, sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, and that happens on a regular basis. So yeah, these black sites absolutely exist. And so um, uh, yeah, the idea, I mean, it's it's difficult to know exactly how many bases we have around the world. Uh, I mean, some estimates are 800, 1,000. I think it's far more than that. <laughs> and it's, yeah. um, 
it's very interesting to me that we try to pretend like this whole thing with Russia, uh, which I want to get into a little bit of like the Russia, the Israel stuff, um, uh, kind of more in a broad, uh, a broad way of how all this stuff is interconnected. But, um, you know, when, uh, the Russia-Ukraine situation really started to get heated. Everybody was talking about how Russia wants to take over the globe. Well, we've already done that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, if anybody needs to be concerned about anybody, the world needs to be concerned about the United States of America. The, I mean, we have far more military bases than anybody else, like most other countries combined. Um, so it's always been very absurd to me that we try to finger wag at Vladimir Putin or literally anybody uh, when that's exact. Again, we are very good at um, accusing others of that which we are guilty of. So and that is uh, exactly the case there. So let's take another quick break and we will be back right here on TNT Radio. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. If by some unimaginable impossibility, you're still trying to determine whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, ask yourself the following questions. Did you favor the Baphomet statue being erected at the Iowa State Capitol? Did you enjoy the school board swearing in on a stack of child pornography books? Do you find nothing objectionable about a homosexual sex tape being recorded in a Senate hearing room and posted online. And finally, did you just love the transgender nutcracker down a hallway hideously decorated by Dr. Jill Biden for Christmas at the White House? If the answer to one or more of these questions is yes, you might be a Democrat. In fact, you're definitely a Democrat. As for the rest of us, if you doubted that, in the words of Sarah Huckabee Sanders, this next election is the choice between normal and crazy. Wonder no more. Last week said it all. From AgInstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. Internet crimes against children in New Mexico are real. And when it comes to protecting your children, the New Mexico AG's office and the ICAC unit are on the front lines. I'm New Mexico Attorney General Hector Balderas. There's nowhere to hide for online predators in New Mexico. We are working tirelessly using state-of-the-art technology and resources to seek out and find them wherever they are. Please talk to your children about the dangers that exist online, social media, games, and messenger apps. It's always important to know who you're talking to. Help fight online predators in New Mexico by submitting a tip today. This is the Misty Winston Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, we're back here with Chicho. Uh, we're just having a little chat. By the way, Chicho, there's a couple of Chichonians in the chat. Um, I saw Elder God, Elder God Elder UK. God. Yeah, and I uh, the reason why I was like, I recognize, because I don't, I never catch you. I don't ever catch anybody live. It's I always have to watch people on the replays, but um, I always hear you talking to Elder God. So I recognize that one. And then also uh, I saw Luis Eduardo, which I know I've heard you talk to too. So nice, hello, nice. Chichonians. It's nice to hello, have you here. Hello, Chichonians. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about um, general geopolitical stuff, because there's, holy crap, <laughs> there's a lot 
there's a lot going on. Yeah, um, yeah. So obviously we have the situation that's kind of winding down with Russia and Ukraine. I think obviously Russia um, has withstood that test uh, pretty well. Um, but we also have the situation kicking off in Israel-Palestine. Um, obviously Taiwan has been on the back burner. We have the situation with Venezuela uh, and Guyana. We have There's a whole host of things going on. Um, and I've heard you talk about in your videos that this really just shows um, kind of a, a Western desperation. Um, yeah. And I agree with you. I absolutely think that that's the case. But where do you think that that leads? Because I feel like we have seen empires fail in the past. We have historical reference for that. Um, I don't think we've ever seen a, a, an empire as large and more importantly, as heavily armed as the United States fail. And and, and I feel like that's um, that could be bad times for a lot of people. But what do you think? Where are we headed? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's not going to... Basically, for me, uh, the, the way I've been... Um, what I've been referring to it as, uh, it's just an expansion of World War III. It's just growing, growing, growing. And it's not just uh, hard war. It's not just frontal war. It's not military only. It's economic. It's mm -hmm. censorship. It's free speech. It's on the food front. It's on water. It's on resources. It's on every front. This, so this is uh, what I've kept on, you know, mentioning to people is this is the first truly global war because it's not just nation versus nations it's nations versus their own citizens and it is literally encompassing the world uh world war one and world war two really didn't encompass everything everywhere at the same time it was a slow build-up and then it collapsed before it went on to the economic front maybe the technology wasn't there before we went into the uh, economic front, front, the censorship front, the control of the food supply, control of the water supply, so everything. So basically, we're seeing the expansion of World War III. And uh, there's a few major pieces that are going to be moved uh, in the coming two to three to four years. Um, it's just like Russia that you mentioned, Russia-Ukraine war. Russia didn't just withstand the full force and it was the full force of NATO. Everyone says that NATO wasn't involved. NATO was involved. Yes. NATO was training. It built up the strongest army it has ever built up. It took them eight years to build up that army in Ukraine. They armed them to the teeth. They trained them. They funded them. And they, and Russia sort of intervened. And then they kicked into the kicked in the economic aspect of it, the, uh, the propaganda aspect of it. On every front, they attacked Russia, and Russia withstood that. This, to me, like I, I like history. I like, I actually, I don't want to make it sound weird, but I, I, I enjoy studying war. I like, I'm a gamer. Sure. I like war games. I like board war games. If anybody of your listeners know, Axis and Allies and Diplomacy, those are two of my favorite games. I've been to Dipcon. I've been, I've, I've played Axis and Allies on uh, tournaments and stuff like this. So when you study war, it's, it's, an, it's, it's an amazing um, sort of study war games, really, or participating in war games or study war. You get a bigger perspective of what's going on. And what just took place with Russia and how they was not only withstood the full force attack economic military propaganda 
uh, technological, every front, they not only withstood it, they came out stronger. Like yeah. I was just talking to someone recently that before February 24th, uh, the ruple was trading at, let's say, $80, 80 ruples per dollar. And then as soon as the, according to Russia, the, what's it called? The special military operation occurred, according to the Western world, Russia invading Ukraine, whichever way you want to look at it. Uh, the ruple shot up to $160, $170. And within a few weeks where people realize that, wait a second, this isn't working out as fast as people thought it was working out. Rupal recovered, went down to 60 rupees per dollar. Like it was worth more than it was pre-invasion. And now it's stabilized. Like it's 20%, you know, lost value relative to two years ago. And if you compare that to other currencies, you realize the Rupal has done extremely well. And the reason the ruble has done extremely well is Russia Russia started lowering interest rates while at the same time the Western world was increasing interest rates because their currencies were collapsing. That's how strong the ruble became. That was an indication to the rest of the world that not only is Russia going to prevail in this, like they're not going to lose this war. They're going to come out a lot stronger and the world has changed. How yes. has the world changed? Two years ago, BRICS was a shadow of what it is now, a, a, a shadow of what it is now. And people yeah. are desperate to get into this economic block, uh, sort of protecting themselves from, it must be obvious to everyone now that the Western world is doing a pretty, pretty serious dive into oblivion, uh, especially Europe. Europe is going to go first. Yes. Uh, and uh, you know anyone allied with the western world is uh, uh they're going to go through hard times uh, there, there's no doubt about it because they've been foolish enough to sanction the largest country in the world the country with the largest amount of resources in the world opec plus the plus they've they've sanctioned the plus the opec plus part which is insane insane yeah. Uh, that's allied themselves with China, India, South Africa, Ni Nigeria stepping in now. Nigeria initially was with the West. Now they're like saying, okay, doing a about face going, okay, that pipeline going through Niger is not working out. Our digital currency thing was a complete sham. The president got kicked out and arrested, I believe. So Nigeria is going, okay, you know what? I think we're going to start going towards BRICS. Argentina came out, their puppet that they put in power there, initially said they're pulling out of bricks, they're gonna start using the US dollar and whatnot. And I guess he came in and looked at the looked at the paperwork and where things are going and sort of said, uh, maybe we're gonna stay with bricks and maybe we're not gonna use the US dollar. And you know, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh so that's where things are going. Power is shifting in a yes. huge way, in a huge way. And uh, we sort of have to get ready for that. Uh, people should be, you know, prep, prep, like they, there was an attack on preppers a few years ago, just the way there was an attack <laughs> yes. on attack on anti-vaxxers a few years ago, just the way there was an attack on people who supported Assange a few years ago. I mean, the, the attacks were so ridiculous that people were directing me to an article that was written in the Atlantic that Julian Assange abused his cat. And yes. people were buying into this BS.
right? That's how re desperate, how ridiculous the propaganda, the so-called news in the Western world is. People really have to step away from that and tune into like shows like you shows there's a reason why you're here misty like seriously uh like you've like i mentioned before we went live you, you've become a powerhouse right <laughs> no really how have you become a powerhouse it's because you speak truth to power you speak truth right as the guy who got interviewed uh with the muhammad ali uh documentary muhammad ali was a truth teller right he resisted vietnam before martin luther king resisted the vietnam war people need yeah. to wrap their heads around this right yep truth tellers the ones who are on the forefront prophets they get persecuted they get crucified that's what the murder of christ is all about that's what robert anton wilson's um book about wilhelm reich is about the musical about wilhelm reich is about right crucifying truth tellers and that's that's where we are right now that's what the censorship is about that's what cancel culture is about and it's mm -hmm. blown up in their faces as it should as it yeah should. and it's yeah. glorious to witness that it sucks because <laughs> i do live in the united states and i know that there's going to be an unbelievable amount of fallout and a lot of people are going to suffer and get hurt um yeah. and that's terrifying but i think that um it, it's long overdue frankly i think the united states and generally speaking the west has been bullying the globe for far too long uh yeah. and i think that it's as you said it's blowing up in their faces and that's you're absolutely right i think that there's no question europe's going to fall first i think that and I, I think that everything you just said is correct i think that all of that kind of uh, the desperate need to control the narrative all of the crazy censorship that we're seeing i mean it is intense what's going on right now in so-called <laughs> democracies where they are um i mean there's now an investigation into twitter about anti-semitism on twitter uh in europe there's um i mean we're seeing what's happening in the united states we see what as you call it censor tube is doing um mm -hmm. uh, it's happening all over the place and i think that that is i mean julian assange said it that censorship and i'm butchering this quote because i'm i'm just paraphrasing here but censorship is always a cause for celebration because it means they have to care what you think um yeah. and they're trying to redirect your uh, attention and also um you mentioned that uh we are currently in a world war three and i've been saying that for a very long time uh and even before like russia and ukraine kicked off i've been saying that because uh marshall McLuhan. i don't know if you're familiar with him he's kind of the the godfather of uh media studies and all of that um yeah. he has said uh, uh world war three is a guerrilla information war with no division between military and civilian participation and that's exactly what you just spoke about uh it's not about country against country it's about power against people and that's really what we're seeing right yeah, now yeah centralized power against people we, yes. but, and the solution to this and th there's got to be a solution to this right and the solution is decentralization yeah build what is missing build what centralized power is attacking right provide and collapsing provide yeah. the alternative to people so they can seek it out they can have protection for me i'm personally focused on education because the reason that we're in the mess that we're in is because of education it's okay. been a long game and it's going to take us a while to come out of this it's not going to be overnight it's going to it's not going to be a year two years five years ten years it's going to take us a while to come out of this because there's been a lot of indoctrinated youth and adults young and middle-aged adults that have bought into this bs even senior citizens that were programmed to believe in the system and put everything in the system and they're hoping 
that it doesn't collapse because if it collapses, then they don't have the retirement plan, right? Which is basically what we're seeing. The best, the best example I have is uh, what's going on in Argentina right now, right? Uh, they came out and devalued the currency 54%, 50, over 50% overnight. So all the pencil pushers, all the bureaucrats that have been propping up the system for ever, right? All of a sudden, their salary just got cut 50%. That means their buying power got cut 50%. Now, are those people going to be as dedicated as before to maintain the system that just devalued their currency 50%, their buying power 50% overnight? Or are they going to try to find alternative places where they can work, they can do commerce, they can build something, something yeah. solid, a foundation where... They can protect their family. They can protect themselves. They can protect their future, right? And I think that's where we're headed. May it be agriculture, may it be education, may it be uh, media, may it be whatever it may be. People have to step away from these control mechanisms and look at what's around them, uh, specifically around your community, right? But you can go uh, global as well right? But don't buy into the globalist. Like yeah. cryptocurrencies are something that's a global thing. Gold, silver, that's a global thing. Communication, make sure you fight for free speech because if they're able to censor a word you can say, they can censor you. End of story. Yes. If they can take that word and say, you can't use this word, they can take you and say, you can't be in this community anymore. So uh, that's that's the game at play right now. I know it's heavy. It's I mean, you say you're, you guys are in deep poop in the United States, but I'm in Canada. We're the same. They froze, yes. <laughs> they froze people's bank accounts for yeah. making a $5 donation to a peaceful ground roots movement that was saying listen you can't make a mockery of the nuremberg code you cannot dismiss informed consent and bodily autonomy which are the foundations of our society and you can't censor people that want to talk about what this stuff means right yeah they froze single mother's bank accounts for making a $5 donation, right? Yeah. All crazy. wars are bankers' wars. And the yeah. banks did this with centralized power. That's where we are right now. So people have to step away from that system and realize yeah. uh, the danger that they're in. Well, and you're right. It is very heavy, but you're right. There are things that people can do. I mean, it's going to get uh, rocky to say the least, but you don't like you, you can be, be as prepared as you can be. And listen, nobody can be prepared for the fall of, uh, you know, the American empire. I don't think there's any way to really genuinely prepare yourself for that, but be prepared as you can be whatever you can do, whether it's learning to grow food or learning to build things or fix things or learning to sew, learning basic medical stuff. Um, mm -hmm. There's plenty of things that you 
you can do. You, you're not helpless. Like you can learn. Also, as you just mentioned, in your community, huge. Become friends with your neighbors. You're gonna need them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like you're yeah. gonna need your neighbors. So I think that that's a huge thing too. So as dark as it sounds and as dark as it's gonna get, I don't want people to go away from this feeling. Um, you know, as if they're uh, as if there's no hope. There certainly is. I think that we have seen yeah, time and sure. time again when difficult situ situations arise, people generally speaking come together. So I think that we can definitely get through it. I just think that we need to be smart about it and be real with ourselves about what we're facing. So, all right, listen, Chicho, unfortunately, we're out of time. I could talk to you for hours, um, uh, but we're out of time. Uh, make sure I'm going to make sure that you can tell everybody where they can find you, what streams you have coming up, all that good stuff. Ah, all that good stuff. Um, if you do just a search on uh, Chicho, C-H-Y-C-H-O, you should be able to find me. Um, I am on CensorTube, uh, YouTube, as Misty calls it. I call it CensorTube. I think we should all change the name <laughs> to CensorTube. Yeah. Uh, I am on Twitch. I'm on Rumble, BitChute, Odyssey. Uh, I am on uh, Twitter X and multiple other platforms. And for sure, I'm on Patreon and Substack. And those are the two main platforms that I update about everything that I'm doing. Um, and that's basically it. Uh, and uh, but thank you for the opportunity, Misty. It's uh, yeah, great to no, see. Yeah, no, thank you for coming. You're welcome anytime. Again, I could talk to you for hours. So anytime you want to come on and just uh, shoot the shit, you're welcome to come. So thank you for taking <laughs> okay, the time. I appreciate deal. you. Thank you to the Chichonians for tuning in for this. I appreciate you as well. I will be back tomorrow with Jason Burmis. As Julian Assange says, learn, challenge, act now, and don't go anywhere. Timothy Shays right after this on TNT Radio.